Welcome to the Calgary Sessions. This is episode number 45. I'm your host, Jeff Humphreys. Today's guest is going to be an interesting conversation. I know a little bit of the story, but not much. So this would be really cool to hear firsthand. Uh, so go ahead, introduce yourself, name, and what you're up to. Uh, Nancy Gomez, and I am the co-owner and founder of The Pie Junkie. And, and Pie Junkie is this, like my girlfriend loves Pie So it's going to be, there's going to be so many people are like, oh my God, it's her. So this is going to be really cool. Um, the gist of the show is to, I just like the guests to go back as far as they want to go, you know, go back to when you're, how you grew up, where you grew up or when things started to click for you. And, and then we'll just take it from there and, and weave our path to Pie Junkie. Weave our path to Pie Junkie. Um, born and raised in Guelph, Ontario. Okay. You know, uh, Italian mom, British dad, uh, number three of four siblings mm-hmm. in a little 900 square foot house. And uh, food was love. Dad grew everything. Even, okay. Yeah. Well, it's Italian, right? Okay. So I, <laughs> they grew everything. We pickled, we preserved, we hung salami, you know. Did we, everybody do that in your neighborhood? Um, all of my relatives did. Okay. So my mom was a Sabera and, and dad was British. So most of Guelph in those days was Italian. Okay. So there was kind of the... It was called the ward. So everybody Italian lived in the ward. But we lived in sort of the Canadian side that didn't have the Calabresis, which we were Calabresi, but that we had the Trevisan behind us. So, you know, it depended on the house. But if you were <laughs> Calabresi or Trevisan, you definitely were, you had a second kitchen. Yep. You guys did too? <laughs> oh, yeah, in the basement because it's hot in Ontario, right? You had mm. to. If you were doing, we would do bushels and bushels and bushels of tomatoes down and and pickles and all that stuff. And you had to do it in the basement in the summertime. Just because it was so hot. Just because it was It so wasn't hot. to have more volume and to have upstairs and downstairs going? Well, my mother would say that if you were Trevisan, it was so you could have the clean, fancy kitchen upstairs. But if you were Calabresi, because mm-hmm. <laughs> it was for function. <laughs> so you grew up with that feeling like normal, like just oh yeah, the food, food was yeah. just like a big piece of everything? Well, yeah, it was love. Like, I mean, my birthday is two days after Christmas. Shitty birthday, mm-hmm. right? My mom before Christmas would make uh, homemade pasta and make a lasagna because it was my favorite. And it was like paper thin pasta mm-hmm. and layers on layers. And because, uh, you know, it was your birthday. Which, what did you want? Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't, we weren't in a place for lots of gifts, but it was always about food and family, getting mm-hmm. us all together. Yeah. So food and family. Yeah. That's how you grew up. Totally. And... Your friends, were they also Italians, like living in that area? or Because or I, the reason I ask is because I, I grew up with some Italian friends. Yes. And food was such a big thing. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was like our neighbor, amazing cook. And we, we had the opportunity to go there every once in a while. I was like, oh my God, this is going to be unbelievable. And it was, but you know, it's, it seems so normal to them. Yeah. But from the outside, it's, a, it's a, such a crazy experience to be able to go so there. My high school was like kind of kitty corner to our house and and so I was the hit at lunchtime because I hated cold food. I still don't eat cold <laughs> sandwiches. Like sandwiches are I used to call it white people food. Munge cake, right? Yep, yep. So if you were my friend, you'd come back for a risotto or a pasta or whatever for lunch and then we'd go back to school. And remember it's the 70s, so mm-hmm. we had a lot of reasons to eat mm-hmm. <laughs> in Guelph. <laughs> so it was, yeah, it was food was love. And then, you know, um, and family, it was all about food and family and making everything. 
It was just normal. I mean, I still, I preserve, I do preserves. I do everything from scratch, always have in mm -hmm. our home still. I have a huge garden and it's getting bigger. And do you, all because of how you grew up, which is how you, did, did it leave for a while and then you came back to that or has it always been a part of you? No, I've, you know, I, I was fortunate to grow up in sort of the hippie years. You had a choice. You could go disco or hippie. Mm -hmm. Um, I was totally hippie. So I think, no, I think that I've always been a foodie mm. and, um, no, it never left. Even when I, so I left Guelph at 18, yep. uh, moved to Toronto, um, went to school, became a cabinet maker and furniture designer, first degree. Okay. 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 <laughs> Random. Random. So you moved well, to Toronto and take cabinet making and furniture design. And why did that? What? Because I really insanity. Okay. Um, I really wanted to be a uh, designer, interior designer, mm -hmm. um, and had been accepted in London. But um, my boyfriend was in Toronto, so I went. Oh, I love furniture. I love interior design. I'll just design furniture. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was stupid. You know. Well, did you finish it? Of course. I okay. was actually so Ontario's first female certified cabinet maker. No way. Yeah, hated it as a career, loved it as a hobby. So did you actually graduate and then start working at a... Graduated, came back to Guelph, couldn't get a job. They didn't have facilities for girls and cabinet shops and all that stuff. So I worked for, a, it used to be called Rockwood Canoes hmm. and made canoes for a while. No way. And then... Um, and did you like that? Yeah. Except it was kind of cold because they didn't have heat in the shop and stuff like that. And then I worked for a company called uh, FID Furniture, which I despised. And that was the end of that career. And hmm. then I went back and to school and took marketing, advertising design Interesting. in Toronto. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I think I was back in Guelph for about a year. Yep. And then uh, took it. And, um, was school your thing? Like, did you like, did you like, do you like the idea of school? You like going somewhere and like were those programs interesting? Do you like the process? Do you, do you were you going after the the degree or like was it necessary evil? So you know, born of an immigrant poor family, like, and my parents came from really um, sad childhoods during the depression and all that sort of stuff. So mm -hmm. they really, both my parents had to finish school at age ten and go to work. Like that was a a must. Yep. Yep. So they were just happy to see kids graduate high school, especially me, because I enjoyed life. Mm -hmm. I was also very dyslexic. And so to hear at the time that your child was dyslexic meant, oh, those other three that are really smart are fine, but Nancy can't be a secretary or a nurse. Maybe she could be a hairdresser. Just those like were the, the options, yep. right? Yep. So, um, you know, I, I just did a a post yesterday um, to my mom who I adore, but certainly not at that age and kind of went, I had the opportunity to prove my mom wrong. And the one thing I was really good at was design and art and I loved it. So high school, like I squeaked out of there and didn't want to ever look back and mm -hmm. hated every minute of mm -hmm. it. Um, Would, could you be creative in high school? Or did you like have an art class or anything that you could like scratch oh, that itch? I was itch? totally creative. I um I built a think tank with my my uh, guidance counselor. I created T-shirts that said I want to bite into life and let the juices run down my face and sold them. So I was an entrepreneur early. Mm -hmm. um, and I started a whole picket thing around my art 
teacher who was heading the program because we had two great teachers in the program and the head was a ex football coach and oh, yeah. he there? wasn't very good yep. so I was creative you had but something to say I had lots to say <laughs> but once I hit school yeah it was the weirdest thing it was like the world opened up it was like ah mm. and I thought I was going to be an illustrator and suddenly I went from being you know the bottom of the class to the top of the class and you're a born creative director mm -hmm. who knew what a creative director was until you kind of got into it yep. and uh yeah life kind of took off for me at that point after the second degree yeah i um you know i got i worked through school i had like i bringman and hammond architecture hired me in toronto which was really spectacular mm -hmm. um and you know people like Mies van der Rohe were being thrown around like those kinds of names so that was that was like amazing and then when I graduated um you know think pre-mac think waxing down type and ordering type and mm -hmm. yeah I'm ancient and um way different yeah oh so different like we would cut rubies and mm -hmm. the technology then was the best artists in the world were the guys that would strip yep. all of that together, the yep. strippers in the print shops. And then, bam, they were gone like overnight, you know. You, can, you. you knew right away when it all changed? You know, absolutely. Um, I hated ordering type. I hated all that. And then, you know, I heard about this Steve Jobs guy who had mm -hmm. created this thing. And I was like, we can do our own type mm -hmm. and done. Because at that point, if somebody made a type change, like it was $75, yeah. mm -hmm. which to make a type change yeah. because you had to do the work. So, so yeah, absolutely. And uh, when those Macs came out, yeah. That was it. That was it. But I lucked out because I went to work for a company called Van Tosh Designs. And uh, I didn't like the design work they did. It was very retail. And were they doing like traditional print stuff? Yeah, like billboards retail or like, print. They were it was like all packaging. No, they did a lot of magazine stuff. So okay. the blow-ins, the yep. bind-ins, mm -hmm. a lot of magazine ads. Mm -hmm. It was all very much around that traditional print. Yep. But I loved in those days annual reports, corporate brochures. That's where you were using spectacular paper and embosses and foil and engraving. And I was all about hmm. high-end design. So the deal was um, with Catherine, if I could sell it, I could be the creative director on it. Hmm. Sell to the internal stakeholders or to the client? To the client. Okay. So, you know, donned me a short skirt and hit Bay Street. Went to work. Went to work. And four months later, Catherine Van Tosh at the time. So you were literally like biz dev going to selling people. Yeah. This, this idea. Yeah. Okay. I'm an amazing designer. Mm -hmm. I was, yeah. we can do this. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, four, four months, literally four months after that, opened up, um, Catherine came to me and said, you've sold more in the last four months than I've sold in my best year. Hmm. And you should have my business. And I'm like, how old are you when this is happening? 25. So the, like 25. young. So yeah. did it feel, uh, were you surprised? You're like, hmm, I got this. I actually lost the feeling on the left side of my face. And it kind of freaked me out. Yeah. I was totally scared out mm. of my mind because. Did you know you had that in you, that sales piece? Because no. As a creative person and then to match that with a sales piece is 
unique, right? Because yeah. no, I'm not saying this. Some creators have a tough time. The business side. Yep. I had always had the luxury of having, if I believe in it, mm -hmm. then I can sell it. Mm. And I believe at that time that I could make the most beautiful annual reports and memorandums and green sheets. And Bay Street was booming, right? It was the, the time of, of, you know, limited partnerships and tax shelters. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah, um, mm. you know, long story short, Catherine said, for a dollar, you can have my business. Where, where, why did she want to get rid of it? She was 45, thought she was old because she was married to somebody like 17 years older than her. Okay. So she wanted to retire. Okay. Um, I just remember going to my dad and saying, telling him and him going, so do you think you can do it? And I said, yeah. And my dad saying, then you have to promise me you'll always be kind to the people who work for you. And even when you're really, really angry, you have to go walk around the block and you never tell somebody off in front of somebody else, okay? Promise me you'll never humiliate anybody. It says a lot about his life, eh? Why did he, why do you think, why did he say that? Hey, think, his experiences, but yeah. why, like he was just... My dad, you know, born in Manchester, England. His father died when he was 10. He was trained as a tool and die maker on a box at 10 years old. And then, mm. you know, went into World War II early because his mom signed the paper so he could uh, make more money for the, the family. Mm -hmm. Brought the family to Canada. Wanted to be a chef, but it didn't make enough money. Uh, so he joined the Korean War. And, you know, he was a chef cook in the Korean War and, and trained to be a butcher. But all in all, he wanted his wife to stay home with his kids. So mm -hmm. he took a he took a job in a foundry mm -hmm. and wow. worked his whole life there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard work. Hard work. And I think, you know, he wasn't treated well mm. by the last employer. And I think so for my dad was... He was the quiet one. Mom was Italian. She was the matriarch. So uh, dad was just be kind. So yeah. So mm -hmm. long story, but Catherine eventually got out. It wasn't a dollar because I kept making money. Yep. And then the deal changed. And mm -hmm. and they, I had a cousin who was a lawyer. And, and the next thing I know, I've got 14 staff members and wow. I'm 26 years old. And we're cranking out green sheets and memorandums and prospectuses and brochures and annual reports and, and, uh, yeah, but I could sell and I could design. Did you do both? Did you have time to do both? Could you go get the work and then actually? I could get the work and do the creative direction. Yep. Couldn't stay on the boards. No. Yep. And then the computers came out mm -hmm. and I bought them all computers right away. Like I was on that. I love Steve Jobs. Like he changed my world, mm. right? Um, in terms of even writing skills, right? And yep. then, um, so yeah. So the 90s, 80s were a blast and mm -hmm. I was young and made a lot of money and it was yep. great. And then 1991, somebody shut a light off. Like it was crazy. And so I regooped from the financial world and started designing that point, all the package design, food design stuff okay. was being done. Same company? Same St company. Still had your company? Yep, so same company Yep. at that point. And so we kind of regrouped and went, 
I loved 3D design, furniture design stuff. So we started doing a lot of packaging, uh, hooked up with someone like Pet Foods. We old El Paso, Primo Pasta. And then I started doing package design for the music industry. I know, weird, right? Like CD covers? Like CD covers, but they were albums and tapes, mm -hmm. CDs were yep. sort of coming in, yep. all the marketing around it. I have three like, Jono nominations for Best Creative. No, uh, on what? So, What'd you make? <laughs> <laughs> sounds awesome. <laughs> you know, the one that most people would remember is, um, oh God, Nancy, it's called Pink. The album was Pink and it was going to have a senior's moment. Come on. I can see him jumping <laughs> really? around. I'm sure. Uh, give me, oh my God. I have no memory about anything. So I'm, I'm like, oh my God. I got nothing you know, for it's you. terrible. But what are we making? Like you, so all the marketing. So the marketing. Of, so what does that look like though? Like in I, those days you could, so a lot of the awards, packaging awards that I won were you'd put together a package that you'd send out to the media. So and like, so you'd have a CD in it yep. and you'd have a, a CD and you'd have a tape in it and right. you'd have the box would be unique and you might okay. have a poster in it and swag in it. So it was all around the swag, the posters that you put up all over the cities, mm -hmm. right? So what was all of that? So like drop kits to radio stations, whoever, That's agent, right. whatever. And of course that was when video was taken off. So you all the... All that kind of like stuff. Like MTV was? Kind of, yeah, MTV okay. was huge. Okay. My office wasn't far from MTV, oh, no. right? Yeah. So... So how do you get nominated for a Juno? On, for Best Creative. Is it still? Is that still yeah, an award? Yeah, they still do it. It's not on the big night. It's, okay. They do it on another yep. night. But yeah, absolutely. As a matter of fact, when I moved to Calgary, um, I I came to Calgary because I was gonna I was nominated for a Country Music Award for Creative. Okay. And I called up an old friend who now has my last name and I've been married to him for 27 years. But he was a friend <laughs> from Guelph. Like Gary and I grew up in high school together. And the awards are here? They were country music is, were here. Is that, that why you year. came? Yeah. Okay. Well, so I was coming here and and I called him and I said, hey, you know, haven't seen you in a long time, but I'm coming with a friend to do stampede thing because it sounded like fun. But Warner, who was a client of mine, was thinking of opening an office out here. And I wanted to be on the jump on that because I had BMG and Warner and Polly Graham and Virgin. Those were my clients. And sorry, this is really cool. All these, all the big um producers mm -hmm. literally any artist they would send you away or do they pick based on style and like your um, the way you design who I, would they send you and why so um i think kind of at that point is when canadian and again the world was in a changing place right canadian music was really starting to take off mm -hmm. right you know and um and the marketing behind it was getting smarter. So I think up until about that time, they were just using, hey, this guy will do it for free or my cousin yep. will do it. Yep. There was a lot of that kind mm -hmm. of homespun stuff. Mm -hmm. But for an agency to come in and say, we can do 3D package design. We can do all of this. We can do this. And come in and we had the computers. Mm -hmm. we weren't it so funny to say that, though? Yeah, we, we had, had a computer. We had computers, <laughs> you know? We had kinkos. <laughs> like it was yeah, God. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was great. It was a good time. I actually was teach, did a few courses where, uh, evening courses where I taught uh, marketing and music at Harris Institute for Music in Toronto, like this 100 years ago, right? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I did, and I did a ton of food industry stuff. So I was doing food industry mm -hmm. and music industry. Just by chance, just like 
did, did, did an opportunity show up and then you kind of went down that way? Or did you randomly think about these two lanes that you wanted to get into? So randomly thought about those two lanes I wanted to get into when the, when Bay street dried up and they, you know, securities commission, you know, arrested half my customers made some money. (laughs) (laughs) They, what was it? It was just all happened so very fast. And a lot of them kind of got caught in the middle and, um, of it. But, um, I had read, I had heard about the Canadian government was going to put nutritional facts and all these things on packaging and everyone was going to have to change their packaging. And I adored food and food photography and food design and package design. And it was like, I want to play here. Did you take photos? Were you a photographer too? Well, I've always, yeah. I I mean, in those days, everybody did everything, right? You did it all. Um, Yes, I have been a shooter for a lot of food. Mm -hmm. I've been a food stylist since forever. Since the agency days. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But... I was really lucky to work for, with some amazing food photographers mm. in Toronto back in those days too, because that was an art form that was kind yeah. of coming up. And it was, we, we were the beginning of, no, we're not doing potatoes for ice cream. Like we're using real food and we're doing mm. real things and, yeah. and it doesn't look like the perfectly manicured yeah. hamburger. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, a little more Donna Hay, which was, she was an up and coming food designer at the time and. And I adored her. And cool. so, so yeah, it was, and then the music industry thing, Kim Mitchell, pink, there you go. I, I knew you were coming back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was funny. I don't know. They would, there'd be an, a budget where they'd go, okay, we want to come up with this and it wants to be good. And yep. we're going to throw, you know, Montana creative at it. Mm-hmm. Montana creative is going to do it. Montana creative is going to do it. So, and you know, the more I did, the more mm-hmm. it just kind of, and it was great. And Canadian music was booming and I loved doing it. It was kind of the sexy stuff that I did, but yep. I loved the food. So it, it worked to kind of both sides of my brain, really. And your and the, the in-house talent could do both. You could just, you could just give them the direction. Here's some loose ideas and you could send them off on their, on their way. I had, I was really lucky in those days too, in, you know, I had one designer who was in, I believe she lives in Vancouver now. She was the strangest chick you ever met in your life, but she loved type design. Mm. And the difference between good design and great design is type design. Mm. And this woman lived type design. Awesome. And she studied old-fashioned type design and new fashion type. And she she knew every type that you looked at it, and she designed her own type. So having her Mm. on the team was... Amazing. Yep. And then, yeah, we had different designers. I had one girl who was really, really grumpy, but she was a really great designer. Um, I had an illustrator guy that was really a creative director, and he ended up being a creative director in the end, and he was great. You know, and creative people are transient. Yep. So they would come and go. Mm-hmm. But but I think, yeah, you can, as a creative director, you put the right people on the right parts of every project, and yep. you work as a team, and you get an amazing mm-hmm. result. Awards. And you win awards, mm-hmm. yeah. We win a lot of awards. And then, um, yeah, I came out here to play for Stampede, called my old buddy, Gary Gomans. Mm-hmm. Um, he said he was coming back to Guelph with, he had two young children at the time and we should get together and it was just noise, background yep. noise. Yep, and then yep. my sister happened to live next door to his mom and she said, called me one day and said, get your behind back to Guelph because mm-hmm. Gary's here and 
we hit it off mm-hmm. again because mm-hmm. we'd grown up. And then I said, well, I'm coming out for Stampede and. Just, just as like a check it out, you've heard things about it and you wanted to come out here and see it? Liked, you know, like I looked party. good in a short skirt and cowboy boots. <laughs> so it was like, the West was calling. <laughs> I liked country music. Everybody liked country music. Line dancing was big and, you know, you didn't have to be a senior citizen. Yeah, I loved it. Right. So, yeah, so I came out and uh, I remember Gary picked me up at the airport and took me right to a big party back in the day that was Tarodio and okay. John Tarode's big stampede party. And uh, yeah. it was kind of come back next month and I'll take you to Montana, come back next month and mm-hmm. I'll take you to BC mm-hmm. and come back next month and we're doing the the country music awards, but let's go do this. And then it was like, you should move out here. And yeah, that what, was it. And what do you do? What do you do with this agency you have it back It was east? great. You know, life finds itself, right? It always does. How, how can you? How can you say that? Like what, how can you, is that just, uh, like trusting it that you're going down the right path or like, ah, it's hindsight Mm. and not being able, biting into life and letting the juices run down your face. Right. Mm. I think that, you know, when I needed to leave Toronto and I needed to leave, I was pretty much at a place in my life. I was 31 when I moved here. Um, where I was kind of, I thought that I wanted to grow up and move to New York and run this amazing agency and do the most beautiful package design in the world. But then I kind of got to the place where it was like, you know, I don't want to do this necessarily at this level mm-hmm. anymore. And maybe I would like somebody permanent in my life. And mm-hmm. maybe I knew I wanted kids. So, yeah. so yeah, I kind of came along and it was at a time when honestly, I was able to sell the computers to the individual designers a few a few years earlier when the recession really hit. I found that if it took 30 hours to do a brochure and we quoted 30 hours, during the recession it would take 50 hours to do that same brochure. So still not a great business person, but smart enough to understand the bottom line. So everybody got their computer and do you want to do this brochure? I want you to do this on it. Quote me. Tell me how long mm-hmm. it'll take and how much. And if you do it faster, great. If it takes longer, it's on you. It's on you. Mm-hmm. So I created a kind of a creative co-op. So in leaving, it was, here you go. You've got your computers yep. and here's the, the list. Yep. And that was it. That was it. And if work came in, you would still just like source yeah. it out to whatever. Yeah. And I did a little music industry stuff when I got here. But the truth was I had interviewed with my business partner, Joanne Kaza now, who was a business partner with Arlene from the Dragon's Den. Mm-hmm. So the two of them interviewed me to be the creative director and wanted me to uh, work in the food, create, start their food side. Okay. And they were taken a little long and I wasn't sure. Yeah. And (laughs) 
So I had met Vitol Trudowski, who you're too young to know who that is, right? Mm. Yeah, Vitol Trudowski, Sal Howell, um, Dario, Lance Herdebees. These were um, yeah, Ron Salverto. These yeah, were the restaurant guys yeah, yeah. here, right? I know Vitol and Lance. I've met okay, those so <clears throat> I took my two crazy dogs up the Mescalo Tower, got all the pigeons out. We made an office up there. Vitol was on one side and I was on the other. And I did restaurants in Calgary. I became like... What were they? Rattle them off because I've been I've been in the restaurant world in Calgary since, well, the nightclub world since like the Embassy, the original Mercury days. Crazy Horse, Senior Frogs, Desperados. So that's the. Okay. Those are the bar side, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, cra- <laughs> Crazy Horse, Edmonton. We even went to Vegas. We thought we were going to do one there, and then yeah, Mescaleros was my client. Mescaleros. Mm-hmm. Um, Vitol did a, we did a lot of restaurants. So we did Divino, mm-hmm. did a bunch of stuff with the O'Connors, the Buffalo mm-hmm. Mountain, Emerald Lake, Deer mm-hmm. Lodge. Sal, I worked with River Cafe, Teatros, Lance. Wow. I did, Lance, I, I wouldn't even eat in uh, Santa Fe Grill and Luciano's. And then I went through a ton with Lance through the vintage group stuff. Crazy. Ron Salverta, we did a bunch of stuff. And then, yeah, I started designing websites came yep. up. and So back then the restaurant stuff, you're doing all the promo, the promo materials, posters. Brand. Yep. By like then, logos? So, yeah, we would do full marketing. Okay. So we would come in. Here's if, the- if I wasn't working with Vitold on the interior design or helping sell on the interior design, then I would work with the brilliant Mike and Silva Bushkin, who were the best, you know, uh, restaurant designers in the city. And we kind of did everything. So if there was a restaurant opening up, you know, yep. we were involved. Yep. And my husband was a contractor, so we built a ton of them. So, no yeah, it was great. I mean, the Cattle Commission was my client. Uh, mm. Alberta Pork was my client. It mm. was, and I was food styling, and I was working with people like Kate Coons and and uh, Perry Thompson, of course, and and oh, Greg Gerla. Like these were great shooters too, and mm. I was styling, and you know, I, I loved it. And so, yeah, we would. What was the, would, how did you get into it all? That like you were that restaurant like all those names you rattle off those are like big players in the city for a long time how did you so when i arrived in calgary i had already met um vetold at a i think it was the warner party no i think it was the bmg party for the country music awards so So, because you were there because you were yeah, I was okay. there. And so yeah. we hit it off and yeah. I started doing some design work from Toronto before mm. I came here with mm. him. And then, you know, I was doing VTOLD would open a restaurant every other month. Yes. And, and so <laughs> working with VTOLD, it was like, you know, Nats, he used to, you know, you're my creative soul sister and and we're gonna open this restaurant, and we're gonna do this, and we're gonna do this. And VTOLD was super creative and and um and so it, and then, yeah, I was already doing the food and package stuff in yep. Toronto that kind of evolved into restaurant stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was food styling for a lot of people. So yeah. it was... It all made sense. And when I came here, it was the highest per capita of head offices in Canada. Mm. So I didn't want to play there. Mm-hmm. I wanted to play with the food. Mm-hmm. That was inevitable, right? Um, and we were the second highest per capita of restaurants, only to Winnipeg. No so way. I wanted to do that. And I also... You know, I became an instant mom. I yep. had, Gary had two small children. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so. Did you spin up a little agency or was it you? Like you no, like a, I spilled, did the co-op thing. I did. Right away. So you had hired guns wherever. Yeah, I had worked with some super creative people mm-hmm. here in the city. And, uh, and they were, you know, and they're all over this city, mm-hmm. now creative directors. Mm-hmm. And, and you'd get them fresh out of mm-hmm. university and you'd 
keep them for two, three years, and yep. then they'd re- get really good, and they'd take their bag and go, now I can be a creative director or an art director somewhere else. Yep. So, so yeah, I opened Montana Creative Communications here, and mm-hmm. and uh, first couple years, I was in the tower with VTOLD and the Mescalero Tower, and then um, I guess the first four years, maybe? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was just in the... Uh, in the old Davino building, I was up there doing a shoot with uh, the wedding, uh, Rocky Mountain wedding. And oh, it was yeah. like, I was in that building and it was just so weird because I'd been there like 27 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. And the wallpaper's the same. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. And I remember the frames. I remembered the frames. No like, way. On the wall, like, because we picked some frames. But yeah, like I was, I, Calgary didn't have a Kinko's but embraced me and Avenue magazine was just starting okay. and the palette had just started. Yep. So those were tools that were amazing. And then I put, I'll never forget that Avenue magazine slagged Teatros one day and it was pretty light handed. It was something about if you want to go see how the other half lives, you can kind of belly up to the bar at Teatro and have a martini. Mm-hmm. And it was offensive. Mm-hmm. And so Sal said, I'm pulling my Avenue dollars. What are you going to do with it? And I said, we're going to do spectacular billboards. And no one was doing billboards. No way. Nobody was doing beautiful billboards. And Sal still does beautiful billboards. And and I still see a lot of my photography up there. There's that no we did way. years ago. Marnie still shoots for uh, Sal. Marnie was uh, working with us back then. But, you know, there's a, there's a picture that Sal still uses every now and then. And I know that my son, who's 23 now, was in a carrying case beside me while we were shooting it. Crazy. Yeah, that's cool. The... the it's crazy how deep you are in the in the restaurant world. Oh yeah, it was crazy, and and I did it for, and I loved it, and and I was very fortunate to meet incredibly talented restauranteurs, and and honestly, I live like I said, live, eat, breathe food, mm-hmm. and so it um, really made sense. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like I mean, we did. Um, Garcia's for Jeff Garcia, you know, and that was interesting because I lived right at 4th Street and 20th Ave. My Mm -hmm. agency was 515 20th Ave and my home was 513 (laughs) because then I had kids and my husband had put a conduit before there was Wi-Fi between the buildings, like wireless. So I could work at home, work in the studio and yeah. Crazy. And um, yeah, we, we, life was super busy when I got here and, Mm -hmm. and the city was booming and the food industry was booming and and I loved working with Mike and Silva Bushkin too because these guys were all super creative and and they would mostly give me carte blanche on, okay, this is what we're thinking. What do you think? Mm-hmm. And uh, so brands, often interior design. Yep. So everything from menu design, postcards, business cards, signage, mm-hmm. you know. To what's on the wall, to every like – yeah. Any oh God! With out- told, absolutely. Even down in the crow's nest past, you know, and and stuff. You were like, okay, well, we'll use that for the bar, and mm-hmm. yeah, we'll use that because mm-hmm. actually, yeah, that was when I went into the uh, the old Davino building. There was like the doors. We actually used the elevator doors from that in Desperados, and after, but part of it was down in Crazy Horse, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Crazy Horse. That place was crazy, wild. <laughs> that just like yeah. <laughs> And Omar, who was managing it then, I did a bunch of stuff for Omar too. Like, yeah, no, it was great and really good people and it was good. And uh, 
and yeah, I loved food and people. It was, I was lucky. I, I was here at the right time and I loved design and nobody else was really doing it. And, and certainly there was only one other food stylist in the city mm. and she had a, a more conservative yep. style of food styling. So, which is a, it's a very unique. So I worked at, um, the original Joe's group for a decade. Yeah. And the first time we started using the food styles, we were shooting, um, commercials for TSN. Yeah. And so, you know, we were, there's a group of us. There's a, a video, a couple of photographers, a couple of talented designers. So we were doing it ourselves for our little like social posts. And then we're like, hey, we're going to do a commercial. We need a stylist. So that was the first time I ever came across. And that was probably seven years ago. You've oh. been doing it for like. I've been here 27 years and <laughs> so I was doing I it longer. <laughs> I know. No, I've been here. Yeah, I've been here 27 years. Like it's a. 28 this year. It's an interesting skill set. Yeah. Not, and. Some people don't. Well, now it makes sense of what you're up to now. Now, yeah. like, everything's like, click, click, click. Yeah. Well, and it all worked out, you know, and it was great. And life was good. And I had three little children. And my youngest daughter was born in 2006. And uh, so my oldest is special needs, mm -hmm. Taya. And then I have my, or my oldest daughter, special needs. My son is my oldest, Jack. And then I have Taya and Lane. Uh, it's my second daughter and then my youngest daughter, Danny. And so, you know, I was able to go from the studio to home so I could, I was the person who could breastfeed and go back to the office yep. with a latte in my hand. Mm -hmm. And I worked really hard at the balance and sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't. And, yep. and then Danny, uh, was born and you know how I say life has, it makes its way. Um, I had just I did a launch of a magazine that was going to be a national magazine for one of long story. Gabrielle Miller was on the front cover we shot it in Vancouver you know and all this sort of stuff so and I had this great group that we were working with well a couple of those people from that launch got other great gigs so I was kind of scrambling and it was coming into the summer and I had this one wonderful woman that I really trusted and counted on so she was going to let me take time off because like Jack was the paperweight on the counter two days after he was born right mm -hmm. um so I never really got time off and I said you know with this baby I'd really like to take some time off and the summer like part-time right yep. and right before my daughter was born Bonnie Lee was her name she's brilliant designer, um, wonderful person came to me and said, I, I'm quitting the industry and I'm going to do real estate. And I was devastated. I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, scrambling, yep. you know, trying to put the right team together. Now you're not going to take any time off. Mm -hmm. And my daughter was born and she was born palliative. And they said she wouldn't live mm. for a year. And there's a lot going on. Yeah, right? And uh, and it was kind of bam, like my dogs died, my father died, my father-in-law died. We moved to our house in Wildwood and then my mom came for a visit and my daughter was born and they said she wouldn't live. So I closed the business. It was a it was that. email. It was done. Yeah. Family first. Mm -hmm. Um it was done. No hesitation. This is like... Oh, totally balled my eyes out. It was a mess. Totally had a nervous breakdown, I'm sure. But what do you do? You mm -hmm. you have a child and uh, we'll figure it out. 
Mm-hmm. You'll figure it out. So, so yeah, the next three years I did, you know, some clients work. Like I did a ton with Nana Michael, Good Earth Cafes. I branded them a few times and I still was doing work with them and, you know, the guys down at Swizzle Sticks. And so some of the friend clients yeah. I kept and that could, that could understand your situation. Yeah. Timelines. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I was kind of consulting then, kind of pulling the designers in freelance yeah. and putting it together, but mm-hmm. it was still creative directing. And, and that was challenging because I was pretty much, I'd get up in the morning, go to the hospital mm-hmm. and then I'd come home for dinner and then we'd have dinner as a family. And then my husband would go to the hospital and sleep there. So, mm-hmm. um, and Danny is trisomy nine. So it's super rare. Um, anyway, and she turns 16 on the 19th of this month. You, it, it, when you say that, like, you know, I, I've just heard the story in the last three minutes from being born to being 16. Yeah. Like I, I, I can't imagine all the oh, man. experiences and thoughts and can't believe you're here. Like I'm yeah. sure it's just everything. Oh, yeah. Like, it, you know, Taya was born open heart surgery. She was special needs too, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, life was – life has been a big roller coaster ride, but I am incredibly blessed. Mm-hmm. And I, I wrote something the other day, and you know, because I just kind of ramble off in in my Instagram, and I said something about, you know, life is running as hard as you can to try to slow it down. And I think, as a mom, and as a working mom, um, I have the greatest husband. He's like, he's level, and I do this, so I get to see him a lot. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm but he's got my back Mm. and he's known me since I was 14. So, you know, I adore him. I love him. He's my best friend. When Gary and I are not on the same page, I am not good. Yeah. I just got just, cause when, yeah. So when Dan, when, when Taya was born and her health issues and we had a bunch of other stuff. Um, and then when Danny was born, it was never a question. We would figure it out. We would see what would happen. And so truly I hunkered down and got my PhD in Danny, you know, because mm-hmm. she's exceptionally complicated. And I t- say that she's my forever baby because I have bottles and I have diapers and I have, she was, I actually got a video of her at school today. She was feeding herself with a spoon, which is super cool. Mm. Um, she's about the size of a six-year-old. No way. Right? I carry her everywhere. Yeah, I have wheelchairs and all that stuff. Yeah. My life is great. I have a baby, mm-hmm. right? Baby for life? I have a baby for life, I hope. Yeah. And um, so, and I couldn't have done that chunk without my mom. And my, as I said, my dad had sort of just died. And uh, so like Danny fa- was born. You have a very tight family? We did. Yeah. That matriarch, Carmi baby. My mm-hmm. mom, mm-hmm. she held it all together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then it wasn't. Yeah. I'm really close to my youngest sister yep. who comes out and every year and she comes to my cabin and she loves our place in the mountains. Mm-hmm. And and she always brings one of her six children, <laughs> which is great. And they're none of them children anymore. Um, and, uh, but yeah, that got complicated, yep. but. We were super close, mm. super, super typical Italian yep. close family. Yep. And then um, and then my mom died and it wasn't. So, and I think, yeah, Danny was born 
and I quit the food industry. I quit everything except for these few clients. And then, you know, times were tight and Danny was kind of home more and get, you know, oxygen was off and, Mm -hmm. and the NG feeding was gone and Mm -hmm. things started falling off. And then, um, my dear friend who used to own Swizzle Sticks, um, called me and he said, uh, you need to go and be the creative director and marketing director of Alberta Ballet. They need somebody you could do it with your eyes closed in two days a week. And I was like, no, I can't. I'm done. I'm husband. And anyway, long story short, I went, uh, did 2009, 2010 year. So I got to do the Joni Mitchell thing cool. and the Elton John thing. And, uh, and that was really cool. You enjoyed and it? Like it felt like... Oh, you know what? It was... I had lost all my confidence. Just uh, being out of the game? Yeah. Being out of the game and you're feeling like, eh, I'm out yeah. of the game. And then to go back there and to be given, mm-hmm. you know... I was never great at paperwork, but I w- you give me the budget yep. and I'll make it happen. And mm-hmm. wasn't very political with some of the groups. <laughs> I will say that... I love Jean Gremetra. He's brilliant and I adored him. But I would tell you that the 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 uh president at the time really I drove him crazy. But mm. I'm exceeded budgets. Like it's the problem here. It's the problem. What's the problem? But uh, you know. So that was your like you're just kind of you tried it for a couple of years? Yeah, I did. I actually did a year, just over a year with them. And that I got my feet wet again. I got my confidence back. You got your confidence and you can figure out the family side, how that all how yeah, Danny was doing. I was yeah. trying to, you know, and uh, started consulting again. It was mm. great. Started working on um, Azeridge Estate Hotel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That fancy that was a place. project. It's very fancy. Mm-hmm. I went through two GMs there. Mm-hmm. And it was a beautiful, fancy place. Uh, never met the owners. Um, wish I had because I could have told them that they needed better GMs. And what were they thinking? Mm-hmm. But um, spectacular place. And a spectacular. Yoshi, the chef brilliant kindest man in the world one of the best chefs i've ever met he's a kind guy he's wonderful um so it was getting a little weird you know i was doing food industry stuff but and i was doing you know there's do you ever see the lion at the zoo that's the breakfast lion yeah that's me i made that breakfast lion cool you know, i was doing stuff like that yeah you know it was all word of mouth all pain because you're just kind of yeah. like yeah you're not you're not way out there people are kind of coming to you if they know yeah. you and then you say yeah yes yeah, yeah. maybe whatever yeah. okay i was doing stuff yeah Yeah. i was loving you know the as ridge stuff because it again it's high end Mm -hmm. and i love high end and i love Mm -hmm. this and and uh and i love design and i love it never changed it keeps changing right so it's always amazing Mm -hmm. but yeah i was finding when i was working with you know 20 year old social media people and they knew more than mm. me about, yeah, we can paint our faces and mm-hmm. have flames parties out mm-hmm. here at Azeridge mm-hmm. and me going, no, you can't. <laughs> anyway, um, and then my mom died. And it was like, yeah, my mom died. And, and uh, you have that feeling of, wow. And do you just bring, does the world just, just kind of come and all, bring it all back close to you? Um, yeah. Like for me, um, mom had had a stroke during open heart surgery of, while I was at the ballet, actually right before I left the ballet. And, um, 
you know, I flew home and stuff. Um, and they said she wouldn't live and she did, she came out, but you know, she was changed, but Mm -hmm. she was still my mom. But yeah, when she died and then my family broke apart Mm -hmm. and I think my daughter Taya said to me one day, she said, mommy, who's going to make pie with me if Nana's in heaven? No way. And mommy said, Mommy will make pie with you. And she said, we make butter tarts. And I said, yeah, I'll bake butter tarts. And she said, yeah, when I grow up, I want to be a pie maker. That's what I want to do when I grow up. And I was like, I always knew that as special needs, Taya would always be marginalized and that she was brilliant and wonderful and, and the coolest person you'll ever meet. And she needed a place. She needed a place that was hers mm-hmm. and that she belonged. And so I started thinking about opening a pie shop. How quick? Um, like when she's, when she that's says. That's my brain, right? It's, but like, yeah, you, like you, connect, you connected everything. You're like, this makes sense. There's only Simple Simon Pies. Nothing against the owner, but it's not a great product. And. You know, I'm, I got a dad who made steak and kidney and Guinness pie. I got a, you know, steak and mushroom. We made sausage rolls and my mom made these incredible mm-hmm. fruit pies and you couldn't wait till the rhubarb came up in the spring because she made the tartest rhubarb pie ever. Right. And we made pie. And did you, and over all these years with the family, were you, were you actually baking at home? Like for your, no. you, like for your daughter to say butter tarts, is yeah. that because grandma made? Yeah, because my, my mom would come and make the pasta and my okay. mom would come, okay. you know, I made a lot of stuff, but. Yeah. I actually posted a picture of my mom uh, on Instagram yesterday um, making pie. And I remember the f- argument. She was such a, she was a piece of work, my mom. I'm like, she's like, I'll get up early and I'll make the pie. And I'm like, no, I want you to make the pie with the kids. It's about mm-hmm. the interaction. And she's like, yeah, but it'll take me forever to mm-hmm. do it with the mm-hmm. kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so Taya wanted to own a pie shop and as if any client would come to me and, and lots did, you know, um, I got this idea. What do you, what do you see? What do you think? uh I did my research. I started thinking about it and nobody was making pie. Nobody was making real pie. What year was this? Um, so I opened in nine, uh, what did I open? I opened in 2015. So this is 2014. Okay. Mom died 13. Mm-hmm. So 13, 14, I'm thinking about this and it's mm-hmm. kind of in the back of my head. My dear friend, Perry Thompson, uh, from Perry Thompson photography, brilliant guy. He, he, a few months later says, we should open a pie shop in the city. We were, we were food styling. And he says, this city needs a pie shop. Randomly. Randomly. Okay. been in Vancouver. Okay. And I think I had said something about pie hole. That's my, mm-hmm. you know, shut your pie hole. Nancy, shut your pie hole. It's a British saying. <laughs> I was a chatty Kathy. So, um, yeah, it just came random. And then I just kept thinking about it and thinking about it. And then like, what kind of, when you're thinking about this idea, is it, <clears throat> are you like spending days or is it just like in your head, you think about it and then it kind of, you move on and like, it just kind of comes in and out as a creative person. I'd love to just understand how you stewed on this for a year or whatever it was. So my daughter, Danny sleeps with my husband and I because Mm -hmm. she needs to have her airway adjusted constantly when she's asleep Mm -hmm. to 
continue to breathe. And so she's always slept in the same room with us since she was born. She still does mm -hmm. because she's on a saturation monitor and oxygen at sleep and all this stuff. And, yep. and Danny's had spine surgery recently, spine rods, and she's had a broken femur. And so I'm awake yeah. a lot. Okay. And so I am always researching. I adore research. Mm. And so, you know, you're looking at pie shops in the States and you're looking at pie shops in Australia and Britain. And because Britain and Australia and South Africa, pie is savory. Sweet pie isn't a thing, right? But in, in America and Canada, it's sweet pie. I was fortunate to have both. But then, you know, well, what's the history of pie? Why was pie? Like, you know, mm -hmm. your brain goes, I don't know about pie. Well, pie was invented to, it was a, a unit, an airtight unit to put stews into it to keep them on the ships when you were traveling where you could have food that didn't go rancid quickly because it was airtight. Mm. And so when they would crack these pies, you know, top crust, you, the expression is top crust, they would use the top crust that was tasty to dunk into these stews that they were allowed to keep so they longer. So pie was a housing unit and then the Italians got it and then the French got it and everybody has pie. Mm. Like every culture, even Asian culture has pies. So then, you know, I started thinking about pie. But when you, your buddy there said to me, do you know the pie song? Like we were pie, pie, I love pie. That movie, Michael, like we weren't cake people. So it was sort of already there. We already sang the pie song. And so it was kind of, yeah, I was, pie's beautiful, pretty mm -hmm. as pie and, mm -hmm. and all this sort of stuff. So it was in and out, you know, mm -hmm. I, um, when I get my teeth on something, yep. it's kind of, you know, ADHD, I guess it, goes. it just goes. So as long as you're interested though, as long as I'm interested, because if um, you're, yeah. Not interested. Yeah. It's pretty hard to keep. Yeah. Like I'm, I have to be very disciplined. Um, like when my partner wants me to look at the books, Oh yeah. just show me the bottom line. <laughs> Do I really have to go through this other Details. stuff? Like these, these, I trust you. Bottom line. <laughs> oh yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah, but, um. So you look at it for a year? How long are you like? I, I, I'm looking at it. I'm uh, Pinterest okay. was a big thing. Okay. Had started year, yep. uh, bunch, so I'm creating a pin page. So I've created a pin page, and I've got a pin page for food, and I've got a pin page for coffee shops and pie shops, and and start creating these pin pages mm -hmm. because I have nowhere else to put it. Yep. So thank God for Pinterest yep. back in those days, right? And so I just started creating these pin pages, and then uh, a client of mine who was a friend, I had. Um, Dear, dear friends, uh, Javel, Schuster, and and Torin, and they had been friends of ours. They started as my client and did devour catering, and I branded them. And you know, Javel's brilliant, and 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 Torin, her husband, brilliant chef too. And and then, but Torin was more ADHD than me. So then he did Holy Smoke. So I did the branding and oh, all yeah. the stuff for Holy Smoke and mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. And You've done it. I know I did it all. I, it's terrible. And so. And then Torin kind of and Javel had had divorced. And then, I don't know, Torin reached out to me one day and I came over and we hadn't seen him in a long time. And I just rambled off this idea that, I, you know, nobody's making pie, nobody's making real pie, like real mm. pie with real crust, not these these things they plop into a pan mm. and press and it's not yep. pastry at all. And mm -hmm. there's co-op isn't a pie and Safeway isn't a pie and, you mm -hmm. know, lemon meringue pie. 
meringue is made with raw egg white, right? Mm -hmm. And sugar. And even though you, on a French or Italian, you bring it up to a temperature, it starts to break down very quickly unless you fill it full of chemicals. How do the grocery stores sit it out there for days (laughs) without refrigeration? Like, oh my God, this is gross. Now you have to remember, and I guess I skipped that, is Danny is here because I make every single thing she eats. Mm. And we started with seizures, we started with hemp seed and everything. We started with hemp milk. We, you know, myelination needs to be covered. What can we do? We need to get omegas and we need to do this. And, mm-hmm. and the same with Taya's heart. And my son's ADHD and my daughter's ADHD. So food mm-hmm. is medicine, right? Yep. And so for me, it's always been a big part of, of the thing. So like how can people think that that stuff is pie? Because mm-hmm. it's not. And pie was what people made with leftovers and what people made with scrap and they would put it together and with love, whether it be sweet or savory, Mm -hmm. you know, it was pie was, I need the trees are full and I need to use this up and I can put it in the root cellar and I can put it in freezers. And so, and you know, the French certainly made it beautiful. Um, And so, yeah, it was just, it, it was beautiful. It was beautiful food. It was and then everything that I put in my mouth was, how would this taste in pastry? So I told Torin, he kind of went, that's a really cool idea. And we talked about it and then he kind of went away. And then, um, I don't know, it was New Year's Eve party, uh, 2015. And I announced that I was going to give up marketing and I was going to open a pie shop. Didn't know how. Okay. There's nothing in place. No. You didn't have a lease. You didn't have, there was nothing. I had started a... a a page. Okay. Um, I had started a website. Yep. And started building this website. I had started making pies, yep. pretty pies. I had started, I had all my, the marketing stuff. Okay. The the research was done. Yep. No one was doing it. No one was doing it without preservatives and doing it by hand and doing it well. And mm-hmm. um, so, and then. So um, you say it, you got some foundational things in place. Yeah. And then what? What do people say when you say this? Uh, <clears throat> most, I don't know. People that knew me when I said it, like, it was okay. Yeah. My husband was like, okay, I'll get behind this. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think we knew what that meant to our life, mm-hmm. really. It was certainly, it has been a big challenge. Um, you know, I asked Torin to come on with me and Torin did, did start the research and start with me and he, he opened it with me. Um, but that partnership was not a partnership. Like he he was just, um, in a different place in his life and he didn't want to come to work. And, and so, and I had just sunk everything into this and we opened up two lineups and then we had to close to make the pie for Thanksgiving. So we, I knew we were on to something, but I knew we couldn't keep up. Mm-hmm. And so suddenly, you know, my husband's making pie. My friend Myra Stein's making pie. <laughs> I'm making pie. Like I'm making pie and I'm running the till and I'm photographing it for Instagram. And I'm forgot, you know, mm-hmm. but I knew we weren't making money. Uh, you just... You looked, at, you looked at the bottom line, or, you, or you just have this feeling that you're like, yeah. I was broke. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, this wouldn't go anywhere. It's just zeroed. <laughs> you know, I need to pay myself to pay the mortgage this yeah, week. Yeah. Like, and so I, I reached out to my dear friend Joanne Casa, who is 
one of the smartest people I've ever met in my life. And I will tell you that is, she is one of the smartest people anybody's ever met. And Joanne had worked um, in the agency world, yep. as I'd mentioned earlier on, and then had moved quite quickly into the oil and gas world and had been the vice president of Enterplus. And she was in the sort of marketing financial side, but she's brilliant. Yep. So um, truthfully, I took her out to lunch and I begged. I begged for I help. How long did it take you to realize you needed help from when you opened? The night before I opened. Really? Yeah. He went AWOL on me the night before opening. Mm. And uh, I didn't sleep. Like, so yeah. you, were, no. you opened underwater? Like you were, we opened. I opened underwater. Yeah. I, uh, the night before we opened, yeah, he went AWOL on me. Yeah. And then from the day from there till when you asked for help, when you, when you took her for lunch, how long was that? Till, um, you, till you figured out you needed some not, uh, I think I took Joanne to lunch in June. No, uh, months, April. I took Joanne April that I'm just, my daughter, my, my, uh, daughter Lane had, um, been really battling depression. And I realized that I wasn't balancing my family anymore mm. and work because work, keeping that open yep. was 24 seven. Yeah. And I was everything and so all in 24 seven and not making any money and a bitch yeah and not happy just wasn't working nothing was working mm. but i had i was all in i had put everything into this and so um i think i realized yeah i mean i knew right away but i kept hoping it would get better it would get better and it yeah. just kept getting worse and worse so and i wasn't a nice person like to my family, to myself, to, I was just scared, scared all the time mm. because it was working. Yeah. And, but I was, I was underwater. Mm. And so I went and Joanne, uh, unfortunately had had a health issue and, um, she was no longer working because of this health issue. And she'd taken her nice oil and gas package and, and she should have retired and gone and golfed and done all the things that she can do. But she was kind enough to listen to my story. And Joanne is an amazing cook and she's an amazing baker. And uh, <laughs> she said, you don't just need me to bail you out financially. You need me to come on board and help you. And I went, oh, you can be the right to my left. Mm -hmm. Like we are so polar opposite. Yep. How we have made our friendship work for 27 years, which we met through the music industry because her brother-in-law was my client at Warner Music in Toronto. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like we met at a Warner party. So I know, right? How this yeah. And so Joanne, he told me when I was coming to Calgary, you got to meet my sister-in-law. She's a big dog. She, she's not afraid to get off the porch. Didn't call her up. And then we meet at the, the country music awards. He comes in with her and I'm like, we partied together at Tarodio, but we didn't know mm. that we'd met. So it was sort of, yeah. So it was fun. And then, yeah. Um, that was the, that was the, when she decided, she's like, Need. she's, yeah, she said she'd come on and thank God. And so she worked, Joanne's uh, got real legal experience as well. And I think mm. her background included legal. So Joanne worked very quickly to, to exit Torrent out of the business. Yep. And then you too. We too took over. And I would say this great pie shop that was this wonderful place where the seniors could come and have mm -hmm. tea out of teapots mm -hmm. and, and they would spend five hours having a little mini pie that was super pretty and a cup of tea and they'd mm -hmm. leave. Um, and they loved us and we were so busy. Joanne went, 
yeah, but you're not making any money, you idiot. And we need to do this and this, and it's a business. Of she could see it right away. Well, it's so much handwork. Oh, I can't. It, it's, it's all handwork. It's all labor. So it's all labor. Yep. And then you're putting butter in it. Yep. And it's a ton of butter. So I can't buy butter as cheap as you can buy at the grocery store. Yep. At the quantities we buy, we have the the dairy board sets our price. Yep. And so we don't get it as a loss leader. Um, so yeah, it's it's huge. And it's it's a numbers game. Like the margin is exceptionally small. Mm. So you need somebody who's going, oh, our flour price just went up three times yep. in the last year. Yep. Ukraine is the big producer of flour, yep. as is Russia, as is Canada. Russian flour isn't coming in. Mm -hmm. Ukraine's not planting. Mm -hmm. So the price of flour is skyrocketing. Yep. Um, sunflower oil, same thing, right? Mm. Um, we can't the cherry farms with the fires and yep. and and the droughts. Like we can't get Alberta or Saskatchewan cherries for the last four years and. BC doesn't want to sell to Alberta because they hate Albertans. And mm. so, and you're trying to source food. Yep. And so I'm good at the sourcing of food and the research and mm -hmm. finding the thing. And, yep. and Joanne's like making the numbers work and she never takes her eyes off of it. And she's operation. She does a, all the scheduling, like how she does it. I don't know how she does it. I'd, I'd like lose my mind. And I always say to her, just let each store do their own. But She's on it, and she's brilliant. So, how long has this been? How long has this partnership been? So, the pie junkie is about seven years old. Yeah. Be eight this year. So, Joanne, we opened September two thousand and fifteen, and Joanne joined September two thousand sixteen. So, just over. Yeah. I was open just over a year yeah. without. Um, and then, she said, "We, you know, you need to open a second store." And what was her thought behind that? Volume, or what was she thinking? Volume. Yeah. It's a volume game. Yeah. It's a volume game. It's, it's a volume game. But again, you can only make a pie this fast yeah. and it doesn't get faster. It's right? hard to it's scale just, that. It's, it's hard to scale that. Unless you're a factory, like you said, that you're just stamping these random things. And I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. And I won't. And that's the other thing. I told you I was a hippie. So, right, yep. like we got to compost. Yep. So we're composting, we're recycling. All of our day old, like our product that's stale dates, it's yep. great still for five days. No problem. But we can't sell it that way. So everything goes to St. Vincent de Fall cool. and goes to the poor. And I'm pretty proud about that because somebody recently called me and said, hey, we're in Calgary and you can sell your old product and mm -hmm. make a profit. And I went, I don't want to do that. No, I got a, I got a good thing. I got, I'm, I'm feeding people. Mm -hmm. Like this is way better. And, mm -hmm. and you're way more work than you're worth. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah. Um, and, and, and this partnership. Yin it, and yang. It's, a, it's allowed you to scale though, right? Yeah. And. Couldn't have, Joanne looks at the world through numbers mm -hmm. and operations that way. Yep. And I look at it from the marketing, the mm -hmm. taste, the look. We joke, I'm in charge of pretty. So if it's taste or pretty, mm -hmm. I'm in charge of it. Which, clear boundaries. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is. But, we, you know, we talk probably six times a day, seven awesome. times a day. Um, she'll call to yell at me, I'm pissed off. And I go, Go. Or I'll call her and she'll go, stop yelling and just tell me. Because <laughs> I actually get all, because I do all of the food styling and the food photography and yep. I do all the social media and mm -hmm. the website. So I get, mm -hmm. like I get up at 6 a.m. And, and I answer all the private messages mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. And so that that's huge. That's a monster. Yep. That social monster. Yep. But, uh, but I dig it most of the time. Mm -hmm. So... Crazy. Did, when you started this, could you have ever, could you, 
Did you ever dream that it could be where it is right now? Remember I meant, said I was running fast to slow down my life? Yep. I opened the pie junkie with the idea, this is crazy, that I would have this great little pie shop and in the back I would have my little studio and I would do beautiful packaging for these pies that we could customize labels and packaging mm -hmm. and do weddings and it would be so pretty and, yep. and I would have more time with my family. Wow. And I can tell you the first five years was just like... Yeah, not. That, that was not. The, not. Not. <laughs> not even on the. Not. <laughs> even not, close to reality. Like, well, yeah, and you and your busy days are like, it's like your busy day, times is like Thanksgiving, yeah. Mother's Day, mm -hmm. Father's Day, mm -hmm. Christmas, mm -hmm. like those you don't see your family, right? Just because there's so much volume, like, and yeah. now with all That's, the stores yeah. and all, like. Right. Well, even when it was just one store, because I was back there and Joanne were back there and we were making pie. There's four hands. That's right. There was how many hands we'd bring in. Now, mm -hmm. now we're, we've got lots more hands. Yep. And, uh, but it's different. I'm sure there's different um, challenges now. Yeah. Like, staffing is the biggest challenge yeah. for sure. Um, supply chain. Yep. Supply chain's huge. Mm -hmm. Food costs, mm -hmm. huge. Mm -hmm. Staffing is huge. Yep. People. Yeah. People. People, it's the biggest challenge, I would say. Um, it's always hard, right? And mm -hmm. it's a different world. Mm -hmm. Like it's, you know, we have some amazing staff who, like David's been with me since year one. No way. Yeah. Where and is he now? Is he, is he, does he bounce between all the shops to kind of keep him going or what's well, he doing? Well, I, I love David. David actually <laughs> started uh, front of house in Spruce the mm -hmm. first year. And uh, then he went did Spruce and then we sent him to Kensington. Now we brought him back to Spruce again, but he works in the office and he does uh, all the e-commerce. He does all the invoicing. Cool. He does, poor David, he does it all. David is like... <laughs> Thanks, David. David does it all. He's amazing. <laughs> and uh, so he's also our food and safety guy. So we've sent him and he's done all our food and safety. So he does food and safety uh, every Wednesday with every store and he... He's on top of everything awesome. and, uh, no, he's great. Um, and he knows the business. Justin was with us until a couple of months ago. Um, he went to visit his mom at Christmas and decided not to come back. But Justin was the first kid I hired. And, uh, it's funny. He was this cute 17 year old kid and, you know, you know, seven years later, he's calling me from the East Coast going, I'm not coming back right now. I kind of trying to, and it was like, we'd already made him production manager. So he was running mm. the team and he's very much missed. So, mm. yeah, you know, and we have, God, Charlotte was with me for five years. Charlotte retired at Christmas and uh, she used to own Fioria. She was one of the oh, people. Oh, no way. Yeah. Awesome. And so she came on. So, yeah. And then you have, so you have people that have been with you a long time. Yep. Zach, who's the baker at Kensington. He's yep. been around since year one of Kensington. Mm. And uh, t super talented, super kind, amazing guy. And he teaches Taya guitar. <laughs> It's so good. It's so cool, right? Do you um do you have goals that that you like say out loud or do you think about internally? You know, if if the idea was to open a pie shop, now you're here. Do you have do you set goals in your head like 5, 10 years or do you let things just kind of Oh no, I um I'm totally a goal setter. So you, 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 oh, yeah. you have ideas of where this where this is going to go. I'm a total goal setter, cool. yeah. I have to have if I have to have there. Yep. You know, it's sort of that the chase I don't know, especially when you're younger, you know, you have that big gold ball in the sky. Mm -hmm. ah, 
and you know you're marching towards that gold ball, yep. right? And and whatever that is, and and then you're kind of like, you know, life does this, yeah, that. But mm-hmm. if you have that, it it helps. There have been times in my life, and certainly in the first five years of the pie junkie, and when Danny uh, was born, that I couldn't see that gold ball, mm-hmm. and then I'm lost. I think we all are, right? Yep. Like yep. I think. And I think as long as you're learning, you're never going to grow old. And so, yeah, I have goals. I have, you know, I, um, I, uh, you want this thing to grow. I want it to grow. It's going to continue to grow in a, in a, in a format that makes sense to you. That's ethically correct. So it's gotta be, it's gotta be for me. You know, I always say, you know, if somebody wants to franchise this, it's not going to be me. Yeah. Because that changes everything. That changes everything. Totally. And and you know, I've I've worked with enough restauranteurs mm-hmm. to know that when we went from being this size mm-hmm. to this size to this size to this size, mm-hmm. what you've you've sourced your food yeah. out to Edmonton and, and there's bags and, coming in now. And, and it's like mm-hmm. that which was that yeah. is now this and three times the price. I know that food and yeah. labor like it people don't get how much it costs, but but yeah, I don't want to do that. So I don't want to give up butter. You know, mm. it doesn't make sense to use butter mm. or to be handmade, but mm-hmm. I don't want to give it up. Yep. So, and I want to, and I say I, I think Joanne is is very much the same. I really want to see, like, I'd love to have one in Edmonton, but I would only have one in Edmonton if I had a business partner in yeah. Edmonton that got it yep. and that we could say, okay, you know. We'll do this for you, and yep. we'll teach you this, and yep. and let's do it. Because if we're gonna do it, let's do it right. Yeah, totally. There's only one way to do it. There's only one way to do it. Yep. It really is. Yeah. And uh, you know, and people get on me because, like, we were raised in lard pie land, right? And that's a crumbly crust. And okay. so people my age will come in and say, "Oh, the crust is really hard." And it's like, "Well, butter crust is flaky, so it's more of a snap." Or I'm getting really hungry I by know. the way. I'm, gonna, I'm dying. Gonna, I can't believe I didn't bring you pie. <laughs> It was just, yeah, Danny wasn't well today. I had to do some doctor no, stuff. I'm, so sorry. I'm just like, it was the balance act. I just, today. as soon as you start, I'm just like, oh God. Yeah, it's that, well, it is. So the butter, you know, is flaky. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a snap, it's it's a it's a flake and a cr- crisper pastry. And, you know, but yeah, no, I want to do it. I want to do it right. And yeah, I want to, I want to see where it can go for yeah, sure. So you, so you, there's something. I, it's, yeah. I like that the way you've set up, though. There's like that. Yeah. shiny ball that you're kind of moving in that direction it's not like a firm plan but there's something out there that you can see that you're working towards yeah which helps. absolutely and i'd love to think that you know we could or maybe me could have the gardens that you know i'm, I'm growing a lot of the flowers in the summer cool. right that we decorate the pies with and yep. and i know that they're pesticide and herbicide free mm-hmm. and they're in mm-hmm. organic composts and it's and amazing. i know that you know, my pie rings are, can be broken up and put into your composts because, cool. you know, yeah. um, and I love to think that, you know, we'll start growing all of our own herbs for, yeah. and at least for part of the season and mm-hmm. sort of stuff. So, yeah, awesome. you know, I'd love to have a garden on top of the spruce store, but I don't think it'll hold. That my husband cool. told me it wouldn't. Oh, <laughs> you just got to buy all of it. <laughs> Spread it all out. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm in the pie business. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Um, yes. I know that's super cool. Your story is unbelievable. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Um, it's, it's, you know, just yep. dive in and, you know, pull the seed weed out of your teeth when you hit bottom and mm-hmm. keep going. It's, it's, 
it's it's super interesting. Um, I know you're super busy, so I need to be cognizant of your time. So um, the way I end the show is I ask one question. And I, the question is, when I say Calgary, where does your head go? You told me that you were going to ask that question. and um, It's a tricky one. I, it was terrible because I'm, I, I, I have to tell you, um, if I'm being honest, my head went to the children's hospital. Mm. Is that weird? Nope. No. Nope. Uh, for me, yeah. for me, Calgary was, I had this wonderful experience and Calgary has been so good to me and I've met such talented and wonderful people and, and all of this, but, but there was a point, um, 19 years ago that we, we purchased a crazy piece of property that's like this in BC and, and I wanted to homestead and, uh, I know, right? Well, I could, I can, you probably have the garden all like laid out already. And well, I do, but it's tiered like Italy and, awesome. and, and old people have <laughs> jacked <laughs> because I, we have to wheelbarrow everything yeah. to it. And, uh, my mother's day present was two tons of compost and that's what I asked for. So let's be clear. Um, and my kids all gave me an hour in the garden. So, awesome. um, but, uh, it's not weird. The children's hospital is not yeah, weird. And, and we were, this was going to happen. Ted had had her heart surgery and she was stable health wise. And that was going to be kind of our life. And I was going to recreate myself there. And then Danny was born and we had to stay in Calgary. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah, our life kind of revolved around the children's hospital mm -hmm. and thank God for the children's hospital in Alberta and mm. the Stollery as well and, and the children's. And so, yeah, I, I can't tell you how lucky we are to have a place like that. Mm. And, uh, recently my daughter, uh, turned, you know, last year had turned 18 and, and, uh, I needed to take her to the hospital and I realized I had to take her to the foothills. Right. And, uh, mm. what a terrible, awful, gross, experience mm -hmm. it was terrible mm -hmm. and it was see, something's happening mm -hmm. um and it was polar opposite of anything i had experienced in my time in calgary yep. from the children's hospital so i have to say that's where my head went because i think anybody that lives in calgary it, yeah, what a gem for like sure. it's a gem it's mm -hmm. yeah the world should revolve around that kind of healthcare and people. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, thanks for taking the time. Thanks for having me. This has been and listening. This has been like this has been <laughs> number number forty five has been really cool. Number so. forty five was okay. okay. Yeah, I had a you know we got a quick shout out to JJ. Thanks for hooking this up because uh, yes, good friend of mine. Pie for met, JJ. Yeah, met you and made this happen. So pie for JJ. Yeah. Th thanks again. Thank you. Take care. <laughs>